Megan, I distinctly remember when you got an, a cease and desist order from the NFL. Welcome to Cousin Cash. We're just two cousins living in separate states, working in corporate America, and giving our take on being successful, professional young businesswomen. Welcome to Cousins Cash, episode three. We're so excited to have you back with us. We've got a really exciting show lined up for you today with a special guest, Megan, who is the owner of Enville Styles on Etsy. Uh, before we get started, Evan's going to give us a little bit of a recap from last week's episode. Evan, take it away. <laughs> hey, Rebecca. I think uh, we're so excited to have Megan on board, but just to recap what's going on here, we talked about uh, going to college and if it's worth taking on the extra debt? And if so, how to avoid how much debt that you take on? We said go to community college for two years, apply for scholarships and grants, and live within your means, and also get a part-time job while you're in college. Uh, We also talked about an article where we found that 50% of millennials actually have a side hustle, whether it's Uber, Airbnb, an online shop, or maybe they even have an Etsy shop like Megan. Um, And according to the 2018 a millennial survey, they're saying that millennials are actually losing faith in business, which is kind of scary, but that's also why so many millennials have side hustles. Um, so we're really excited to talk to Megan and see kind of how she became so well known and what makes her business like so popular among all these different side hustles that are out there now. Yeah. And to give a little bit of background on Megan, her Etsy store and Bill Styles has 3,500 sales with 915 reviews and a five-star rating. And Megan predominantly focuses on vinyl decals. While she ships vinyl decals individually, she also has products that she sells with vinyl decals on them, in addition to some dog pictures and some few other variations of digital design. So we're really excited to talk to her and kind of find out a little bit of how she got started, why she got started, and the benefits that she's seen um, having this side hustle. So without further ado, Megan, welcome aboard. Okay, yeah, so I went to school for English to be a teacher. Um, That was something that I always wanted to do, and I thought that would be like the only thing I'd ever do with my life. But in high school, my high school English teacher had the silhouette machine, which is what I have. And I thought she was the coolest person I'd ever met. And I don't know why she had that machine. Like, I don't know what she did with it because it wasn't decals. But I was like, I want that because she's so cool and I want to be just like her. So I got it, um, I guess, my first year in college. And I just started playing around with it. My parents bought it for me. They got me, like, the vinyl starter kit. And then it got to the point where people kept asking me for them too much. And it was getting a little out of hand. And it wasn't just friends that were asking anymore. It was, like, friends of friends or like people that my parents knew or casually knew or like you know whatever and so someone gave me the idea of starting an Etsy so I did and it kind of just spiraled from there I guess. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to start the Etsy store. I mean obviously you wanted to kind of rein in all of the free decals you were having to make but was there a reason you went with Etsy versus 
maybe just charging people. You know, talk to us about that process and was it super easy? Um, how did it? How how hard was it for you to get all of these sales and kind of just the following that you have now? So okay, so I guess I picked Etsy because I didn't really know what else to do. I didn't. I feel like at the time that I started, like Instagram shops and Facebook shops like really weren't a thing like they are now I feel like a lot of people sell on Facebook and sell on other avenues and I don't know why I never thought of jumping to that and I immediately jumped into Etsy and it was funny because I decided to make my Etsy and I didn't tell anybody like I I think my college roommate knew like obviously she knew and then I didn't tell like my family like I just kind of did it and I was like we'll see what happens and um I think it was because I shopped on Etsy a lot and so I just thought, like, oh, like, this is where you go if you want to sell all of your items. And part of it was I was having a lot of fun making decals, but I was running out of people to make them for. And I was running out of places to put them on my own personal stuff. And I didn't want to stop making them. So I figured, okay, well, selling is the next best thing. And then other people had been asking me for them anyway. So it just kind of made sense. At the beginning, my Etsy shop was kind of just there. And I felt weird like telling people about it. I felt weird trying to advertise it at all. And it just became this thing where I was like, I have that, but like, it's my secret. I'm not going to tell anyone. And I, everyone's always like, what was your first sale? Like, where did that go? I have no idea what my first Etsy sale was. And I don't know who, who bought it and who took a chance on me, but shout out to them because then it kind of just like took off from there. I feel like now a lot of people start Etsy shops and they have a really hard time getting business and having people find them. And for whatever reason, like I didn't struggle that hard with getting people to buy at first. Like obviously it was a slow start and I wasn't getting like a million orders, but I never really had to, like I didn't have the struggle some people have now with like trying to get shops, like sales on Etsy. And I don't know if that's because I started when Etsy was still, like when decals on Etsy weren't as popular as they are now, because now I feel like everyone has a decal shop on Etsy. And I think I just got lucky with the timing of my shop where it hit, where it was kind of popular, but it wasn't overwhelmingly popular. And so it was just easier to find my products, I think. That's a great point. It does seem like there's a million different options on Etsy these days, and they're all kind of doing the same thing. So that could potentially be playing, you know, you got, like you said, you got started early enough to where you were one of the fewer people doing it and were able to get all those sales and reviews. And now, obviously, you're probably coming up really high on the searches and people are looking for those things. And I will say, like, now there are so many, I think maintaining the shop is harder than it was starting the shop because, you know, I ha I go through seasons where there are people who really shop my shop for, like, three or four solid months and then they kind of fall into the same issue that I did where you're like you run out of people to give these to and you run out of reasons to have them for yourself so then they're kind of like passively support and then I have to like cram like a new bunch of people to come in I feel like that's the harder part is trying to get newer customers rather than like the repeat ones that makes sense do you have any lessons that you've learned along the way I know I've kind of followed you from the beginning and you've definitely evolved, like your branding has evolved and your packaging has evolved. Tell me if there are, like, do you have any lessons learned about how you brand yourself? I know you have a Facebook now and like an, a special VIP group. And how has all of that kind of played into your success? So I think branding is really difficult. I, well, luckily for me, I kind of had the foresight when I first started the shop to 
pick a name that could grow with me because a lot of times people were like, oh, my name is blah, 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 vinyl shop or whatever. And I knew that at some point I wasn't going to just want to stick with decals and I would probably want to try other things, you know, and so now I have like mugs and art prints and the pet portraits, like just a bunch of stuff that I can do whenever I'm bored creatively and I can just like make more stuff and see how it goes. So that helps. But like figuring out how to do logos and how to brand myself has been super difficult. And I think I'm still trying to figure out what I want out of my branding. But I joined a lot of Facebook groups. I took a bunch of, and I wish I could remember whose like branding class I took. But I took some like branding workshops to kind of think, like figure out, okay, like who is my ideal customer and like what feelings do I want my brand to have and like what am I really interested in and find something that kind of just worked for me. And I think too is like when you're trying to brand yourself, you can't make products just because you think that they'll be good sellers and that you're not really that passionate about. I feel like there were some things that I made in the past that did sell really well for me, but I didn't have fun making them. They really didn't fit into my shop or the kind of customers that were going to stick around because it was just like some one-off item. And so I think kind of figuring out making products that make you happy and then it kind of just gives your shop a little more personality and then you're able to roll with that a little differently, I guess. Um, but I feel like I'm still struggling with branding, and I'm always trying to change things. I mean, I think now I'm at a better place than I was before. I'm trying to make all of my pictures more cohesive and make it feel like it really is like one organized shop rather than like I just took all of these pictures, you know, when it was convenient or whatever. So I did take a bunch of classes for branding because I don't think I could have navigated that completely by myself. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think like I didn't major in marketing because the marketing classes were so hard um which is hilarious because I work in marketing now um just for reference um branding and logo design and graphic design is something that if you didn't go to school for it it's kind of like a different language um and it's something that I've done for different companies and I work with a lady in Canada um on it and it's so funny because I'm always like I don't know if that fits within your brand and she was like yeah but like people want me to do it and I'm like, okay, well, if you're into that, go for it. But is there, who do you look for when you look at your branding? Like, do you look at other uh, influencers or, like, people like you that do decals? Because I know a couple different, like, well-known people, like the Red-Headed Camel um, or, like, um, Love Me uh, Letters, and they're different, like, calligraphy artists. Do you, like, look at your different competitors and say, like, I want my branding to be similar? Or do you look at them and you say, I want to be completely different? Or, like, this is more me? Well, I think in the beginning, that was kind of what I did, was I looked at other shops, and I looked at other artists and tried to figure out, like, oh, I like what they're doing, let me try and create my own version of it. So it started there, and now I think I've kind of just evolved to, here's what I like in colors, and here's what I like when I get packages, and um, so there, I guess there is inspiration from other people. If I try, I can't even pinpoint who I looked at in the beginning, um, I think I just kind of was on Etsy a lot and just looking at things. And again, Facebook has, Facebook groups have been like my biggest source of help. I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups for like small business owners or Etsy sellers or decal sellers and like all these different subsets. And so it's nice to talk to other creators about, 
hey, what's working for you, what's not, like, and kind of bouncing ideas off of other people, I would say now I'm at the point where I don't think, I think when I look at other brands, I would say I like that when I go onto their page, there's, like, a very specific, like, color or feel, right? Because some brands I look at and it's just very neutral colors and it's really, like, calming, and then other brands are all about, like, party and exciting and fun and lively and all of these colors and so I think that's where I took a lot of my inspiration is trying to figure out okay what kind of feel do I want my products to have and like the vibe that I want my feed to look like so I think I take inspiration from like the feelings I get from other brands and not so much like what are they doing and how can I like make that my own. It's more like, I like that you gave me this feeling and now I need to figure out what my feeling for my brand is going to be and how to portray that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. That's really good advice. Yeah. Hey, Meg, we're going to stop right here for a second and go to our weekly segment of our app of the week. And then we'll come back to you and kind of finish up asking you questions. Hey guys, Rebecca here. I want to talk to you today about Canva, which is an awesome design application, which is super easy for people um, like myself to create designs for their social media platforms. Specifically, it allows you quick and easy templates to make everything from Instagram story um, outlines to uh, different designs for your Instagram posts and your Facebook page. They also have templates for business cards. They have icons. They even have some kind of um, design education on their website. You can learn a little bit about, you know, the different colors that are popular right now for 2019, how to create eye-catching presentations, and some other great content. So check them out and start making that Instagram look super on point. Back to Megan. I'm a high school teacher full-time and since I teach English it takes a lot of time outside of school as well with all like the grading papers and things like that um so it's just a lot of scheduling and making sure I like make time for everything so usually like on weekdays I well I try to get as much work done at school as possible so like my school I'm lucky that we get two periods where we don't have to do any, um, like we don't have to teach a class for two periods and we have those two periods to grade. And then like my team like twice a week has meetings where we talk about like what we're doing in our classes and whatever. So the rest of the time I just get to grade. So I try to be really productive during that time because the more I get done at work, then the more I can come home and really work on the business. Um, But usually like when things get really crazy and all of my kids are turning in essays at the same time, I just spend entire weekends on the business. So, you know, I'll wake up Saturday at like nine o'clock and I'll be cutting decals and packaging decals until like midnight. And then they'll either, you know, they'll get dropped off on that Monday. So for me, like for my shop, like I have to have a long turnaround time. So instead of decals being shipped out in like two days, They take anywhere from five days to 14 days, depending on how big the workload is for me to send items out. So not ideal. I wish I could do it faster, but since it's just me and I do have like my 
day job that I'm working on. Like, it's just what has to be. And most of my customers are really good about, you know, being patient, understanding that it's just me. But every once in a while, you have people who are like, I don't want to wait that long for a decal. So they, you know, complain and things like that. But I understand it's just how I have to run my shop. And I try to make it as clear as possible. But that's the only way I can really manage it because I just have so much work to do. And I just, I try as much as I can to like give me breaks every once in a while. Like I don't want to work on weekdays until like 11 o'clock at night when I have to be at work at six the next day. So I try to just set a few boundaries. <laughs> um, last week in our last episode, we talked about how side hustles are also work, right? They're not just, oh, I'm going to start this Etsy shop and it's going to be super easy and make me lots of money, right? And it's any side hustle is going to be work just like I do Airbnb, right? And so a lot of it is how do I coordinate, make sure I'm home from work in time to do what I need to do, make sure that my rooms are ready and Evan runs a boutique. And so how do you make sure that you balance all of your normal responsibilities at work with your side hustle responsibilities? Because I think the common misconception is that they're not extra work, right? It's like, oh, free money, right? But it's, it really is another job. Right. And that's the thing too. And I even notice in my shop, if I'm not putting a lot of effort into it and I let it sit there and try to run itself, like I don't get the results that I want, you know, it's a slow week. So I've noticed the more effort I put into it, the better my reward is, but it's just sometimes you, I mean, really, I guess that's a great way to put it. You just forget how much work a side hustle can be. And it's like, no one's going to give you money for doing like the tiniest thing possible, right? Like you're not going to get what you want unless you really work for it. And I think a lot of people open shops and, and get side hustles, whatever that may be, thinking like, this will be really easy and I don't have to work that hard, but everything you do takes so much work. Come to appreciate uh, your side hustle more. I got a silhouette for Christmas and like yesterday I spent like an hour trying to figure out why it wasn't cutting properly. And I was like, this is stupid. I don't understand how Megan does so many of these every day. It's a learning process for sure. I feel like when I first started, it was just, flow and I was taking so long to do like three decals you know but now I'm a little more efficient at it it's just so much practice and so much energy has gone into it and there are certain things that I remember ta it taking me like two hours to figure out how to do this one project I can do much faster now but you know six years of practice will will help you get better and faster and <laughs> things like that was there was there any moment like when you were first opening your shop that you felt like, ah, I don't know if this is worth continuing, like, like a slow week or did you just like love it enough that you're like, I don't even care if it's like successful. I just want to keep doing it. At the beginning, I don't think at the beginning I went into it thinking this will be fun for when I want to make like the one or two decals and I'm bored and I need like a creative break. So at the beginning, like everything is really exciting and fun. Um, but then like you start learning like real business. And when I first opened my shop, I was so uneducated and I didn't even realize that I needed, you know, like a sales tax ID and like a business license and all of these things. And once I started like sitting down, looking at 
how much I was actually making and like what I was actually doing and realizing like, oh, this is a real business and I should have taken it seriously as a real business in the beginning. Um, then there was a lot of work involved in setting it all up appropriately. And then I was like, I don't really know if this is going to be something that I really want to do. Like, I don't want to be a business owner. I don't want to have to deal with sales tax and shipping and all of these things that I just didn't really think about being such a small shop. But, um, but then it got better and it got fun and it was exciting and something new to do. But I think, I think every year I have a few moments where I'm like, this isn't really worth it and this is not that fun. Um, but I think that's just, I think everyone goes through seasons like that where you're just tired and you're putting so much effort in. And even if you are seeing like the payout, sometimes it just, you just want to break. So I've been doing better about, I think like the last two years about giving my time, like myself time to have breaks. And um, whenever I have breaks through work, like for example, I was just closed for two weeks um, for like the winter break. So I could deal with like Christmas with my family and not worry about people messaging me at all hours about items and things like that. So yeah, there are times when I just, I need to take breaks and there are always times where I'm like this isn't worth it anymore like this isn't fun but then I always come back and I remember like no this is fun like you just got tired and it's okay <laughs> yeah just need a vacation really quick um I think that's such a good point is there anything like because when I was first opening like my boutique too it was like you kind of learn as you go and then you'll get like in uh some letter in the mail that's like, hey, by the way, you need to pay your sales tax. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. But um, is there anything you think that you could have used to prepare for those kind of things? Was there something you found about how to open a small business? Or would you just say learning as you go is the way to go? I think once I so sometimes I think learning as you go is good. But when I think about like the like, like the legal side of having a business and all of that, and think, I think it's really important to do your research and, and kind of know what you're getting into. If I had known what I was getting into, I would have saved myself so much work and so much trouble like later on. Um, and I, I wish I would have just like looked into it a little more because the process to set everything up is very easy, at least in Texas it is. And I was like, I don't know why I didn't do this like beforehand because I just would have saved myself a lot of trouble. But I wish I would have learned that. I wish I also would have realized um, the importance of like copyright and things like that because in the beginning I was just making all kinds of illegal items, um, copyright items like pop culture stuff because I, that's what people wanted. Yeah. Um, realizing like, no, like, that's not okay and that's not a thing you should be doing. So, you know, I learned that as I went because I feel like those are such, those are concepts that you're like, yeah, I know that this is stuff, like, for example, if you're making like Harry Potter stuff, right? Like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing that. Like, I know it's someone else's brand, but like, to me, it never occurred that I was like ripping anybody off because, you know what I mean? Like just little dumb things like that. Um, so I learned that as I went, wish I would have researched that. Um, but in terms I of distinctly. Megan, I distinctly remember when you got an, a cease and desist order from the NFL. Yes. Yes, that did happen. Um, Stop. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I got one for, like, Greek items as well. So, you know, it's just about <laughs> learning. <laughs> um, obviously, everything's, like, good, and I double-check 
all of the government websites before I make anything now, which is what people should be doing. Um, because I feel like people also, so like in my groups, people are learning as they go the hard way because they're using things like onesies in their um, listings and they're not selling like Gerber brand onesies. So that's infringement. And like when people um, use like what they feel to be common words for everyday items when really like a company owns that saying. Um, so I'm just being knowledgeable about all of that. Wish I would have done my research better in the beginning. So I could have saved, you know, a couple cease and desist letters, but <laughs> always, you know, now I know better. I always try to warn people about that too who are starting businesses, but yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, like you wouldn't even have thought of that, right? It's like, oh no, I'm just making these for fun. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But to your point, everything's copyrighted these days. And it's it's so hard to know, you know, when you're doing these things like how do, where do I look? How do I find these things out? You know, it doesn't seem like there's any good documentation of like the Etsy, the Etsy shop guide to opening your business, right? It's not all in one place. That's super easy. And I wish that they would tell people like, okay, you're actually starting a business now. Like here's the things that you need to do because Etsy lets you start a shop without having um set up any kind of business licenses or um like anything like that or like sales tax ids or nothing nothing they don't make you do anything so you think like it's just a side thing it's kind of fun when like legally you started a business and you should be doing everything that you need to do for that yeah uh, i've been finding that out so san antonio recently introduced an airbnb tax and so naturally the city of san antonio is behind the curve with technology so it's like all have to be done through paper you have to send it to them every month via like snail mail and it's just a process and nobody tells you these things and honestly i don't know if the businesses are overly great about helping either right right so much i just wish that if everything was just it would be so perfect if everything was just like upfront and like here's everything you need but i mean yeah it's probably out there somewhere somebody's probably just making people pay like $400 for it. There you go, Megan. There's your next business. <laughs> Telling everyone here's what you should know before you start. Right. <laughs> Charge them $10. We'll be like, here you go. You're welcome. Well, and that's the thing too. Is like, there's so much. So I guess when I Google things, I don't ever get the answers I want, but there are so many groups on Facebook. I know I keep talking about them, but they're like my lifesaver. There's so many groups on Facebook for everything you need and people can give you like all kinds of advice. And obviously you have to take some of it with a grain of salt because like you don't know if these people necessarily know what they're talking about, but at least it gives you something that you can go Google on your own. And then it usually pops up and they're like, yeah, this is exactly how you do that thing. Um, so that's always been helpful for me. That really was the only reason I was able to figure out like all of the business stuff. Like the first time I had to go through like tax season and like do inventory for my business and like cost of goods sold and like all that kind of stuff. I was able to like ask people in these groups like, hey, what kind of Excel spreadsheets are you using to help you figure all of this out? And I was like directed to things that have been really helpful. And like my first year I had like a tax person actually look at it to make sure I did it all correctly. And I did. So now I'm just able to do it on my own. 
Um, great resource, I think, for everybody to take a look at who is interested in starting up a business. One thing that we mentioned last week in our episode was kind of the benefits of having a side hustle. And for me, it's been monetary, right? It's, I am offsetting my mortgage through my Airbnb each month um, by a significant amount, right? And it's, it's, while it's not um, zero effort required, it is in addition to my day job, right? And that money I can use to save or do crafts or travel, right? So how have your Etsy business influenced your life in that way? It has helped me a lot. So I feel like, I guess at the beginning, it didn't really help me too much. It was really for me just, I needed a creative outlet because I was kind of growing bored with everything that I was doing. And I'm the kind of person who has to be busy 24 seven, but I'm also the kind of person that's pretty introverted in the sense where I don't really want to go out and interact with a bunch of people because it's kind of exhausting. And so I, I needed something that I could do by myself. And so I feel like it helped me there. Um, but as it started growing, like now it pays a decent portion of my bills every month. And if I don't want to put it towards bills, then it just goes to my spending money and I'm able to buy myself things that I just normally wouldn't buy because they're just luxury items for like no reason, you know, and like that could just be simple as like, oh, like I bought a bunch of gifts for everyone today because I had, you know, I saw these really cute things in the store that I thought would be good for my friends or, you know, oh, I was able to buy like my family, like dinner a couple weekends in a row or, or like I'm going to buy myself something really nice because I work hard and I can. So that's where mine has been helping me a lot. I am super grateful for it at this point because especially during like holiday time that we just finished, like my business helped me buy everyone's Christmas presents and like I didn't have to be stressed out like I would normally be. Yeah, I think that's like I have shared was kind of why Airbnb has, even though, like you said earlier, sometimes it's not so fun, right? Or you get overwhelmed and you're like, why am I doing this? It's not super awesome and it's stressing me out. But at the end of the day, right, it it really does kind of benefit you in the financial realm and kind of makes it all worth it when you put it into perspective of, yeah, I'm less stressed about money or I can do more things that I want to do. And so I think that's kind of maybe what the appeal to millennials is of, of having a side hustle. And one of the stats Evan and I found was that one in two millennials have a side hustle and it's mostly to offset their income. And like you demonstrated, it's, it does make a difference, right? And do you think there are, do you think you would ever quit your day job or is this something you could see yourself enjoying full-time or is it just something that you enjoy doing on the side? I, I feel like it's something that, I don't know, I would love to be able to say like, yes, I would totally quit my day job for this. I think what's a little nerve wracking about it is because it's all your own business and it's all you and it has like it's so personal like I feel like it'd be so hard to do full-time because if it if you have like a couple bad months and there's nothing else to fall back on like that would just be stressful to me um but I do like it enough that I could like if it ever got too big or to a point where I thought like yeah let's, let's do this like I I could quit my day job for it it's tons of fun and it's 
it's great, um, despite all of the bad things that come along with it. Because it's definitely not perfect. Um, and I feel like when you see people who have their little side hustles, I think a lot of times on the internet, you make it look really glamorous. Like, you're like, this is so much fun. Like, I'm working for myself. And, like, I do all the cool things and boss and whatever. But um, a lot of times it's really, really hard and it's not glamorous at all. And it's very stressful when, especially I feel like when I believe in a product so much and then it kind of flops and nobody's as interested in it as I was. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, dang, so it hurts you a little bit. Um, so I feel like for that reason, I don't... I would be torn about doing it full-time, but I think it would be fun to do full-time as well. You know, I don't know. That's always a hard question for me. Hey, Evan, awesome. you have any other questions you want to wrap up with? I was sorry. I was like so into the the stories and stuff. I got lost for a second. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I guess like, is there, do you have any other advice that you want to tell people before we sign off? I guess just to make sure they do their research and whatever little side hustle they want to get involved in. Um, so whatever that may be, realizing that it is a lot of work, but it's also a lot of fun, and it, there are so many benefits to it. Um, if you're going to be the kind of person who wants to, to actually work at it and put some effort and time into it, if you're just, I feel like if you just do something for the monetary value and there's no other benefit to you, it's really not going to satisfy you at all, and it's probably going to cause more harm than good. But if there's something that you've been wanting to try, then I say they should just go for it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking to us, Megan. I think this has been super interesting and yeah. fun to hear, like, firsthand. Well, thanks for asking me. I think this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Don't you feel so famous? I think it's awesome. So like, famous. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Cousin Cash. We have our website up and running, so please make sure to go to CousinCash.com. Check out our blog. You can review our recaps of our episodes, our apps of the week, as well as Evan's Single and Hungry segment. (laughs) You can also contact us on the Contact Us navigation piece where you can let us know what topics you'd like to hear about in the future, or anything you'd like for us to write blog posts on. As always, I'm Evan. This is Rebecca. And we're Cousin Cash.